Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship, and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social, and economic renewal in our immediate communities. And as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for this morning, even as we gather under your word. We know that it is you who transforms us. On our own, we can be the worst version of ourselves. But with you in our lives, we can be the best version of ourselves. And that best version of ourselves is one that cares about other people and the things we care about. In Jesus' name, amen. Please have your seats. Welcome. Wow. Amazing. Are you glad to be here? Thank you for coming almost on time for some of you and on time for others who came early. It's been wonderful. Yeah. Those seats have been reserved for two days and they haven't been put to use. I'm going to request that they're unreserved so that some people can sit there. Yeah. Thank you. So, if you, if you have ever wanted to sit on the front row, um, well, it's a good time. We've been getting a lot of testimonies from New Dawn Camp. A lot. Yeah. Texts late in the night of radical things that are happening with people. So, I didn't know that when I chose to go with this theme, I didn't know that this is what would happen because I thought it was a very difficult teaching. It's an hard teaching, but God has worked in it. Amen. So we've been looking at loyalty and disloyalty, and by listening in, it would seem like we've been looking at disloyalty. Mostly, Lord have mercy. Yeah, so, but, yeah, it, it's in the Bible. And so it's been an immunization exercise for our future. And some things I thought we are doing for the future, I'd say they are happening already. So, I'm grateful to God for all those whose lives are taking a turn. Amen. This is, today is Saturday. I know when you're in this environment, you can forget what day of the week it is. So, tomorrow there is garage. And we are starting a new series, Happy New You. And it's going to be amazing. So if you haven't yet uh, invited your friends to garage, please, you can do that. And then on Monday, also tomorrow, we begin season 21. Mm. It is when we all fast together. 
for 21 days. No, we don't get 21 people and everyone picks one day to fast. No, 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 no. We, oh, yeah. <laughs> we all fast together for 21 days. There's a little book called Fasting Simplified. You should buy it. It will show you what to do and what to choose because there are different kinds of fasts. So you'll need to choose one of those. Amen. And then we go. Now on season 21 we'll be having prayer not like prayer and word spirit and word meetings. A friend of ours, their church is called spirit and word. So let me call it spirit and word meetings. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. On Wednesday, it's MC live and MCs. So on Wednesday, we'll have our spirit and word in the missional communities. Otherwise, on the other days, we'll gather. And actually, what I want us to, to do this year, I want all the locations that have permanent space to host season 21 meetings. Yeah, so that's Nalia, Gayaza, Entebbe, Mukono, Mukono Central, Chisoga, Iganga, Makere, Jogo, Jinja, Kayunga, Wairaka, Kamuli, Bulondo, Budondo, another 15, who else? Arua, yeah, Lira, Mbarara, uh, what's this one? Lugazi, uh-uh, no, no, what's the other one? Kigali Kigali Kachiri has permanent space Kakiri Those are 20 Busega Entebbe Central I read the Kayungad Didn't I? Okay At least in those 20 places Plus others we should gather and pray. It will be, you pray and then you sing and worship the Lord and then you listen to the word. Now, the word part is the one that you log into the, into the teaching. All the other things, you can do them live, eh? like have a worship team, have someone leading prayer. These other parts, please. Like prayer, don't don't stream prayer. Someone should lead prayer where you are. Yeah. And if you have a worship team, someone should lead worship where you are. Right? If you don't have a worship team, you can talk nicely to a location that don't have a venue but have a worship team. Oh, by the way, here we are, some of, we are also going to variate some of the worship teams. Yeah, so on some days your worship team will actually be doing the one here and then you zoom in 
zoomin login broadcast the word we'll have different people sharing in the word and then you do after that there will be response that one you do where you are uh, praying for people communion it's very hard to stream communion Yeah, there is no facility of, of, for, you know, bread coming out of the phone. So, and we'll have communion every day. So that planning team, please plan around all those things. Amen. All right, today I want us to talk about the first part. Loyalty and Royalty. Or if you are from a certain town in Uganda that I will not name, it is royalty and loyalty. And then someone else from somewhere else, it is the same thing, royalty and royalty. Amen. Now, uh, didn't you enjoy Bishop Danny's teaching? Why loyalty? Yeah, because it's it's, it's not a, it's not even like a topic. It's life. It, it is the better version of you and I. This, how can you be there? And you're doing business with a disloyal person. Or married to one, or friends with one. It doesn't work. Life doesn't work. Over time, the devil has convinced people to let go of their godly attributes and become the worst versions of themselves, and then trying to make that okay, and even faking science to support it. No. No. That's why we have to be repenting. Yeah, like the thing I told you yesterday of stealing. You find that it's probable that almost 100% of people have ever stolen. But you can't look into that identity and say, me, I can't help it. I just steal things. No. Yeah, you can't look into the identity of me, I can't help it, I'm just disloyal. No. So there is, we are better than that. Now there is a very who knows the meaning of the word poignant. Poignant. Yeah. Like, you could for those who want to be exact with yours, like if you call it Jinat or Kino or Kino Gledge, then poignant would be poignant. Now, my screen is off for those who are doing the screen, so I don't want to be lost. So there's a very interesting story between uh, King David and King Saul. Okay, at this time he wasn't king. David and King Saul that teaches us a little bit about 
loyalty and royalty. Background to the story. Saul is appointed king by God. None less than God. Talks to Samuel and says, this is the dude. And so they, they anoint him to be king. And things go very well for a very short time. You see? What's important is not how you started. It's how you end. You will not be remembered for how you started. Have you seen these amazing stories of all the, the pastors? These are very touching stories. But you know what? They will not be remembered for that. They will be remembered for how they ended. Many people don't know that when Amin became president, the whole country was one wild party. Yeah. Mega celebrations. People were happy, happy, happy. They were like, this is good. But that's not how it ended. So it's not about how, that's why loyalty is important. It's not about how you start. It's about how you end. Those who are married, do you remember your wedding day? Oh, yes. At our wedding, people who were wearing jackets, suits, they danced until their suits became wet on the outside. Do you know when you dance until the sweat gets through the jacket and it's visible, wet, the jacket is wet. But if, if I fail with this lady, no one will ever remember that. No one will ever remember that. Yeah. You are remembered for how you end, not how you start. You see, when we say Saul, no one remembers he's the anointed of the Lord. He prophesied head and shoulders above the rest. He was appointed by God. He led Israel. He was amazing. No one remembers all of that. We just remember him for for, for the wrong sacrifice and tearing Samuel's clock and all that came out of that. All these other things, fighting, David, etc. All of that was just the outflow of something else. Oh. Are we together? So Saul becomes king. Things are going very well for a very short time. And so he's supposed to wait for Samuel to make a certain offering but he's under pressure because it's war time 
and he thinks that this offering will give us a what? An advantage. Which chapter is that? So instead of waiting for something, he goes ahead because of the pressure and because people were putting pressure on him also. It wasn't just him. And he fell for it, made the offering, and that was it. You see, it's not about the fact that you're doing the thing. It's, there's a, there's a, it's just about how you do it. Because you could say, ah. This was even after. So there were two things. There was this, when there was, he was told to kill all those people, and he, he kept some of the stuff. So partial obedience, uh, not following the recognized protocol on how things happened. Ah, anyway, he's rejected. And so there is that season of what's next. So they sent Samuel to Jesse's house to anoint David king. So David is anointed king and then he works in Saul's palace. He takes down Goliath, fights Saul's battles and then Jonathan becomes friends with him. And now Saul, because he's already aware that this is the guy who wants to take, who's who's going to take my place he's not guessing Samuel told him so yeah so he starts hunting him down and then as a result David escapes and then other people gather around him and they start this ping pong of dodging Saul now it's worth remembering that David never fought against Saul's army. If it's there, then I just missed it. He never fought against Saul's army. In fact, at some point, he was a mercenary for the Philistines. And then he would keep going out and fighting the enemies of Israel secretly and then he would come back and then the Philistines would ask him how where did you go how did it go then he would give them fake stories because wherever they went they killed everyone so no one could bring a report to say these are the people who attacked us but he was fighting the enemies of Israel including the Amalekites and all those guys so I think one time they nearly like found him out then he pretended to be mad <laughs> I mean <laughs> the things people go through to fulfill God's calling on their lives so he used to go out fight come back so one, the one day they were supposed to fight the Israelites the Philistines, the commanders went to the, their king and said this guy shouldn't go with us. Yeah. He, he's here. He says he's for us. We may think he's going to fight for us but we, we see that he's too much he's too much into the, those Israelites. We might get there and he 
fights us. So they left him behind. On the one day they were going to fight Saul's army. They didn't take him. Yeah? So that's the background. So now he's running, and I think at this stage, even the Philistines, they eventually said, no, 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 no. So he's nowhere. He's not in Philistine territory. So he's running from place to place. And so Saul also steps up the what? The pressure. First Samuel chapter 24, verse 1. Now it happened. When Saul had returned from following the Philistines, that it was told him, saying, Take not, David is in the wilderness of Engedi. Then Saul took 3,000 chosen men from all Israel and went to seek David and his men on the rocks of the wild goats. So he came to the sheepfolds by the road where there was a cave. Are you reading? Even Everyone should read up to the back. And Saul went in to attend to his needs. David and his men were staying in the recesses of the cave. Verse 4. Then the men of David said to him, This is the day which the Lord said to you, Behold, I will deliver to you into your hand, uh, your enemy into your hand, that you may do to him as it seems good to you. And David arose and secretly cut off a corner of Saul's robe. Now, now we started the story. Uh-huh. You can even have scripture backing. This is the day that the Lord said to you. How did they know the Lord said to him? Because the Lord had said to him that I will give your enemies into your hand. And so they are thinking, who is our enemy? Which, which I mean, the guy tried to pin you on the wall twice. If someone, just for guidance, if someone ever tries to shoot you and they miss twice on two different occasions, they are not your friend. Mm. It's not that they are a bad shot. No. (laughs) Yeah. So, it, it, this is not a joke. It's not like video games. He really wants to kill him. So when they get into the cave, it's like this trap could only have been arranged by the Lord. Can I tell you something? Principle over expedience. That should be your life. Principle over expedience. Yeah. Where where it's like, even me, I was there, and it's the Lord who did it. I mean, this clearly, look, what are the chances that a guy who wants to have a long call will get into the same cave in which these fellows are hiding? You can really see it's like God has organized your thing. What are you waiting for? 
you have a word from God. It is being confirmed by the situation. The circumstance is confirming what God told you. You see, that's how people live their marriages. Yeah. That's how people leave churches. Some prophet told you, I see a new thing. God is taking, some, someone came and told me, some prophet told them, God is taking you away from worship harvest. You are here for a season. You see, the reason the West Africans are better than us, the, the church of West Africa is better than us, they put principle above expedience. Yeah, I'm sure even some of you, some prophets have told you your season is about ending worship service. Then you ask, but where is the principle? Now, I'm not saying you're going to be here for life. But I would rather you were here for life. Yeah. I, 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 I don't want to join another church. Yeah. You can be sure I don't want to join another church. It doesn't matter how difficult it gets here. I don't want to join another church. I want to die in this church. Yeah, that's, that's it for me. Because I think it's principle. Yeah. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Planted. Planted means planted. If, you, if every morning you wake up, some of the trees in your compound have changed position. It comes from the, where the grass is, then you find it in the paved area, then it's at the neighbors. That tree is not, that's not a tree. You're looking at something else. That's something else. Now, I don't mean that God, God can call you and cause you and it would be evidential that I want you to go from here to there. But a lot of people who say those things, they don't flourish. You see, like if when I left St. Francis and planted this church, if we are still 20 of us at Chongqing, after 14 years, you should have known by that time, this wasn't the Lord. It's time to go back. But some people are even too proud to come back when they've got it wrong. You see, if you are moving in the wrong direction, time does not correct it. If you are moving in the wrong direction, the more time you spend, the farther away from your target you become, not, not closer. And here is the good, the good news. Okay, here is the bad news. We all make mistakes. We are human beings. We just mess up. But here is the good news. 
to a humble person who is always willing to repent and change and change and change and change. That becomes your secret. My secret is, is really repentance. It's not called, I don't, they don't, even, I don't even use that word, but I, if, if I'm going in the wrong direction, yeah, and I find out, I'm not going to need the meeting to change it. I will immediately change direction. That's it. I'm not going to be there. Oh, we already committed. Now what? No. No, 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 no. So principle of experience. So sometimes it's going to look like God is at work. He has even provided the opportunity. Hmm? Like this is a real God setup. David, what are you waiting for? You know you're the next king. Everyone knows you're the next king. Even the guy who is hunting for you knows you're the next king. All your men know you're You've been suffering all these years in the wilderness, running, pretending to be mad, fighting Philistine battles. Why, why, why? why don't we end our struggles? Now it's time to march on to Jerusalem. The principal person is here. Let's go. If not now, when? Why are you wasting time? Oh. To an ignorant uh, opportunity seeker. This is it. But to a wise person who understands that you know, there are things you do right now that will affect people that you, you should be loving very much in 200 years. Yeah. I tell people, the judgments of God are not in seconds. They are in, they are in centuries or decades. When God says a thing, eh, it doesn't matter. You see, all these people have been stealing money in this country and they feel invincible. You wait. Wait. In 100 years, their relatives, their descendants may be the poorest people. Yes. It's, it's, no one can fool God. No one can fool God. Because the justice of God. How, how else can God protect people if he doesn't act justly? Yeah. God is a God of restitution. Okay. Why, why are people quiet? Okay. Okay. So to an opportunity seeker, this looks like the Lord has done it. Let's do it. Mm-mm. You see, there are two kinds of people. In every environment. Builders and climbers. Builders, they work, they lay their lives down, 
they what? They sweat, they struggle. They, then there are those who just come to find what's there, to climb. The, their whole thing is to get to the top. Get to the top. You are not asking the top. You are trying to get to how? How did it come to exist? How is it the top? Who created it? Bible says, do not be fooled. God cannot be mocked. For a past, there is, I'm not going to go to another sermon now of hunters versus farmers, but the principle of sowing and reaping, it will save your life. So, so David could have, yeah, Give me back that text. It's like, this is it. God has arranged this thing for you. All you need to do is press a button like this. And we are in things. So he cut off Saul's what? Robe. Next. Now it happened afterward that David's heart troubled him because he had cut David knew this is not the right thing to do. He shouldn't have cut off Saul's robe. But maybe that action was sufficient to give us evidence that he was that close. Yeah. But I also wonder how long Saul's thing was. And how hectic it was. Someone comes from behind you, even cuts off your robe. and uh, Oh, did he hang it somewhere uh, as he was going about his business? That, that's a better picture to believe than... Uh, yeah. Next verse. And he said to his men, now watch this. Now, who... Who is telling him, get rid of the guy? It is his people. Now, eh, too many lessons from today. I don't know. God will help me. Your loyalty to the people above you should be always 100 times greater to your loyalty to the people below you. You can use a hundred times as hyperbole. But that's it. All, all those who succeed are the ones whose loyalty to what is above you is greater than your loyalty to what is below you. Do you understand that? It's a, that's also a principle. So, the men are urging David, let's do this. We've been with you. We are your people. We, we came broke, broken, what? We fought all sorts of battles. Yeah, you, you, why, why are we continuing to suffer? I've had pastors who say, my people, yeah. 
our people don't have money to contribute to something, you know, that's very dangerous. Is it like, I cannot be, when the day I become more loyal to you than to God, we are going to get lost. Yeah, because now it will be about what do the people want. That's exactly what happened to Saul. What do the people want? What, in this case, what did the people want? The people wanted David to kill Saul. What do the people... You're there. You're, you lead your MC like that. They've told you there is an activity at the location. You say, ah, but our, my people, you're an MC leader, your people, you're following your people. When you start following the people you're leading, you are moving in reverse. Huh? Leadership is when the leader is leading. So anyway, they wanted, so the people people, the people have said people are saying everyone is saying wow, people no, you don't follow people your fidelity and your loyalty should be to the authority above you not to the people below you or to your peers. Yeah, this sounds so unpopular. But if we start teaching the popular things, you see the popular things are the ones that have got the world to where it is now. So I don't think we should continue that way. We should stick with the truth. Anyway, so, and he said to his men, so this is verse what? Six. Okay, so... Let's read. And he said to his men, he's the one guiding them. And what did he say? The Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, to stretch out my hand against him, seeing he is the anointed of the Lord. Why is it that we are not going to go through with this plan of yours? Look, he's my master. <laughs> I haven't been in the palace for a long time. I've been in the wilderness. He's hunting me down. But I've never been appointed to anything else. My last appointment was by him. When was your last appointment? And by who? When, when David was leading Saul's armies, who, who appointed him to do it? Yeah, he hasn't got another appointment. I'm trying to show you some things which will help you a lot in ministry. Because some of you, I look at you, you still have in your 50 years of ministry. Yeah. 
You're young, you still have 60 years of ministry in you. 70 years of ministry. But how will you finish? It's not how you start. But how are you going to navigate? You know, I've been here only, this church, only 17 years coming to, but I've seen too much already. Now I'm imagining 50 years. 50, the things you've seen 50 years. How do you navigate in 50 years the kind of decisions that are going to come your way? The kind of situations you're going to face? The temptations? The trials? The accusations? How do you survive 50 years of this high stakes game? You must have undergirding principles. Well, you know, some things are not for decision making. You know, some decisions don't need to be made. Like if you're married, you you don't have a a, a decision. You you don't have to sit there to decide. Should I? Should I? Shouldn't I? It's fixed. So it helps when you have these undergirding principles. Anyway, so it says the Lord what forbid the Lord forbid the Lord forbid that I should do this thing to not my enemy to my master Saul sees David as an enemy David sees Saul as master now your mistake is going to be you also start seeing the other person as an enemy You know, you ask yourself, because I, I've been asking myself that question, and I saw it, I'm going to share two texts today, actually three, this session. So I, I hope you already do enjoy. And my question was always, this man of war, who was always out fighting, 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 how did he survive? Huh? When you are a, a person of the sword, because Jesus said the is by the sword, I mean, David was even prevented from building the temple for living by the sword. But I'm like, how did he survive being killed? At one point, one of Goliath's brothers was going to take him out and then someone took that guy out. He had so many narrow escapes, but how did he survive? And I realized it was principle that saved David. It was his refusal to stretch out his sword to his master that saved him from all other swords. He killed many people, but you see, I was, I was listening to someone and, and he was teaching about seeds and harvests and how there was a man who was going through something and when he went to prayer, he said, I have never planted that seed. I refuse this harvest. I refuse this harvest. You see, when you plant a seed of rebellion, eh, 
you will have rebellion harvest. Yeah. Because you reap what you sow. Like for for leaving uh, Saint Fry without Uncle Ben's blessing, we had to make it right. We had to go and make it right. Even when water had passed under the bridge, things were okay. They had blessed us. They were happy with us. And one day we had to go with her and say, "Please forgive us. We were foolish. We were young. We were ignorant." Forgive us. We should never have planted the church. We should never have left. But by the time they were America with us, they were proud of what we were doing. They had come. They had blessed us. But we had we we had to go an extra mile because we didn't want to harvest that thing. And yeah, do you understand? Yeah, if you go around slap slapping people, and then one day someone slaps you, don't wonder where the slap came from. Just remember that you've been planting slap seeds. My spirit rejoices. So, I want... Life is simple. We complicate it. You reap what you sow. Principle over experience. Should I switch this off? If you're feeling hot, please use your paper. Okay, sit down. <laughs> oh God. Ah. <laughs> you want to switch that off? You try, you switch it off. Let's see. <laughs> oh, Lord. So he says, God forbid that I should do the thing to my master. You see, someone is not your leader just because you are. You see, David could have easily said, the guy is hunting for me. I no longer work in his organization. I have nothing to do with him. No. No. My master. That, to me, he's my master. 
And let me say something. He's the Lord's anointed. To stretch out my hand against him. And he says, why? Why? Seeing that. Yeah? Seeing he. In other words, because he is the anointed of the Lord. Why aren't I going to stretch out my hand? He's my master. He's the anointed of the Lord. That's it. His behavior notwithstanding, that's it. Now, something very interesting that occurred to me when I I read this another time before was that at this point in Israel, there were only two people who had ever been anointed to be king. And they were both anointed by the same person. Who was that? Saul and David. Anointing recognizes anointing. Yeah, I can tell how anointed you are or not anointed by your recognition of anointed people or by your failure to recognize anointed people. And recognition is not going around saying, you anointed, you anointed, you anointed. I recognize you, you anointed. No. Recognition is primarily behavioral. How you behave towards a person. So David, look, all these other guys who are telling him, let's kill the guy. They have never received that level of anointing. That's why they think this one is for touching, this one is for killing. You study people well. Study people well. Do a mental study. You realize that even when everyone is making noise about someone, this, 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 that. There are some people. Huh? Even when it's a serious controversy. Hey, too much public opinion. There are some people who will go there and stand with that person. And be in the pictures with them. Because they operate at a certain... They just know all, the, all these noisemakers. They've never tasted certain oil. That's why they're making noise. And the challenges that come with it. Yeah. Anointing recognizes anointing. The only person who could tell how John, how anointed John was, was Jesus. Yeah, everyone else was just like this old man with his uh, camel skin, uh, eating honey and locusts. What's his problem? Put him in prison. But Jesus could tell no one born of a woman is greater than John the Baptist. Anointing recognizes anointing. Yeah. 
You see, before I started operating in certain anointings, I was an opinionated preacher about many things. Yeah. And now I wonder, what a shock. How did I even ever say those things? Anointing, recognizes anointing. So, just check in your heart, your attitude toward certain people will reveal to you how unanointed you are. You can be educated, but not anointed. You can have money, but not anointed. So it was only two people who had that level of anointing. Yeah. Just two. David saw. So he could tell. See, he's not only my master, there's another problem. He's the Lord's anointed. And he, he also knows I am the Lord's anointed. You see, some people think that when you start being anointed or when now this is when you're stepping on everyone abusing everyone no no my friend no if you were truly anointed you'd be very calm when it comes to anointed people yeah yes Oh yes. oh, yes. Yeah. You, you'll be very calm. You'll see certain things and, and know that that's not for me to, to judge. That's not for me to comment. That's not for me. But when you don't have anything, hey, yapping the whole time about everything, attacking everyone. Like if you were anointed, If you're truly anointed, even people who are not in your church, you respect them. Yeah. You respect them. You find the reverend in his word. You respect them. It's when you are not anointed that you think other churches are your enemies, your competitors. Anyway. Continue, well, continue. Otherwise, to here. What what happens? What that was verse what? Six. So David restrained his servants. Who is to restrain your people you lead? Who is to restrain the people you lead? You see, the action of the people you lead will get you judged. What, what would have happened if these guys had, had killed Saul? 
who will have suffered the rest of his life and put his name into infamy for eternity? It would have been David. You can be sure Jesus will not have come from his lineage. You can't just say, ah, also my members, I don't know why, 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 why they are posting those things. That's, what, you know, that's why I'm teaching you, because I don't want you, a worship harvest person, posting crap about other churches. That's why I'm teaching you, because then I take responsibility for the things you say as a leader in this church. When it comes to the church, those you agree with and those you don't agree with, keep quiet. Yeah. Do your work. Go and do evangelism. Uh, what? Visitations. Share the upmost challenge. Yeah. File the report. Mobilize people. Do frontier. That's what you should do. Other churches, leave them alone either you bless them or you leave them alone those are the only two choices yeah if you want to judge judge inside the church among yourselves and say you're not doing the right thing that one you can do but others no so he restrained his servants with these words and did not allow them to rise against Saul and Saul got up from the cave and went on his way next verse David also arose afterward went out of the cave and called out to Saul saying my enemy dude you guy Charlie Chale, uh, what else? Uh, what? Gango, uh-huh. Monday, bad day, bra, bra. You forgot your, you know, piece of your robe. Uh, human. Madara Saul Saul And they've taught people in certain cultures to call their parents by name That's why there is no anointing transfer to, through to the next generations That's why you can see one generation went to church the next generation all don't go to church they all become non-believers That's how you end up with nothing on your head. Dry head, no oil, nothing. Not even like, yeah. Dandruff. Wow. 
You want to end up with a, a, a dry head. Wow. What did he call him? My Lord the King. David was still a man in order. He knew this guy wants to kill me. He's a murderer. He's dangerous. He has been rejected by God. But he's my Lord the King. My Lord the King. And when Saul looked behind him, David stooped with his face to the earth and bowed down. He wasn't just using it in... uh, It wasn't sarcasm. My Lord the King. (laughs) Lord the King. It wasn't sarcasm. He meant it. So he followed it with the appropriate action of his talking to his king. Now, a person who wants to kill you, eh? you don't stoop with your face to the ground because then you can't see if he's coming towards you to harm you. Oh yeah. That's what he says, in my weakness you're strong. Some of you have not found certain spiritual strength because you want to be too strong in the flesh. You have too many fleshly plans, including your finances. You've never allowed financial weakness in the flesh. That's why you don't have certain money. You over plan. Your budget is to the last 50 shillings. When you're doing your financials, you need a scientific calculator. Graph paper. Logbook. You see, it takes a certain trust in God to put your face down when a person wants to kill you is feet away from you. I'm telling you. That's why some of you, instead of marrying, you are sleeping around. Because you fear the lifetime commitment. It takes a certain trust in God to put your life down and say whatever comes like God now I'm really trusting you I don't know how this thing is going to go but yeah oh yes you will never walk in strength true strength in God until you lay your grand fleshly ideas down Otherwise, you'll struggle the rest of your life trying to maintain the two. Yeah. Some of you, you're so gifted and that's your problem. Yeah. You'll, you, have, you know you have a gift as your fallback position. So you refuse to surrender. Yeah, you can be a gifted singer and there's nothing there. 
You sound so good, but people stay the same. There's no oil. Yeah, and someone can come and sing with their, you know, interesting voice. And before you know it, testimonies are coming in. It's a good teaching. Oh, yeah. The Lynn Check wasn't the best singer in Hillsong. She redefined worship in the church all over the world. Yeah, you keep to later call your your whatever. Yeah. Don Moen. Don Moen was an executive vice president at Integrities. And he was supposed to be working on the productions. So Ron Kennell is going to record the album. I think it was Jesus is Alive or Lift Him Up, one of those. And they say, Ah, uh, Don Moen should warm up the crowd. Before the concert. So he rehearses the songs with the team to warm up the crowd. Songs like, I just want to be where you are, dwelling daily in your presence. Those were warm up songs. Before they knew it, because they were recorded, <laughs> the, the songs just escaped. <laughs> And the whole world took to Don Moen. It's like he is not the most amazing singer out there. Surrounded by your glory in your presence. That's where I always want to be. I just want to be. I just want to be with you. Hey! Warm up. What a warm up. Trust God. Learn to trust God. Yeah. When you learn to trust God, you realize you don't, there are fights you don't need to get into. He did, you didn't get here by, with your own effort. Surely you can't go to the next place with your own effort. Trust God. Trust God. You know, it takes trust to submit your husband. That's why people are fighting. This submission, I can't. Wait, 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 wait. The less you do, the less powerful you are. And the more you submit, the more powerful you are. 
Next verse. And David said to Saul, why do you listen to the words of men who say, indeed David seeks your harm next? Look, this day your, your eyes have seen that the Lord delivered you today into my hand in the cave and someone asked me to kill you but my eyes spared you and I said I will not stretch out my hand against my Lord for he is the Lord's anointed. Moreover, my father, see, what are you calling him? My Lord the King, the Lord's anointed, my master, my father. Hey, the one wants to kill you. You see, that's why even my son is called David. We still name David today. Up to today, we are naming David. Hey. Even my brother is David. So you better understand that you are part of a long-term strategy of heaven. Don't, don't ruin it. Okay. Moreover, my father, see, yes, see the corner of your robe in my hand, for in that I cut off the corner of your robe and did not kill you, not, and see that there is neither evil nor rebellion in my hand, and I have not sinned against you, yet you hunt my life to take it. Next. Let the Lord judge between you and me, and let the Lord avenge me on you, but my hand shall not be against you. Who should be the judge? As the next as the proverb of the ancient says, wickedness proceeds from, wicked, from the wicked, but my hand shall not be against you. After whom has the king of Israel come out? Whom do you pursue? A dead dog? A flea? Therefore let the Lord be judge and judge between you and me and see and plead my case and deliver me out of your hand. So it was when David had finished speaking these words to Saul that Saul said, Is this your voice, my son David? And Saul lifted up his voice and wept. Next. Then he said to David, You are more righteous than I, for you have rewarded me with good, whereas I have rewarded you with evil. And you have shown this day how you have dealt well with me. For when the Lord delivered me into your hand, you did not kill me. For if a man finds his enemy, will he let him get away safely? Therefore, may the Lord reward you with good for what you have done to me this day. And now I know indeed that you shall surely be king, that the kingdom of Israel shall be established in your hand. David was a wise son. Let's finish the, the, the reading, then I'll tell you something. And now... Therefore swear now to me by the Lord that you will not cut off my descendants after me and that you will not destroy my name from my father's house. Next verse. So David swore to Saul and Saul went home but David and his men went up to the stronghold. Is that the voice of you my son David? And he wept. Now. Then he said uh, See what he told him after. 
you have rewarded me. And then he said, next verse. You have shown uh-huh. the next. May the Lord reward you with good for what you've done to me this day. You see, that's why other swords could not. Yeah. I, I know you're thinking, you, there's something you're not seeing. There's something you're not seeing. It's a father's blessing. Anyone else could have told David, may the Lord, no, it, it wouldn't have mattered. But the fact that it was Saul who told him two or three things. One, you will be king. Two, because of what you've done to me, you'll be rewarded. In other words, you could have killed me, so it's like you, you will not die by the sword as a result. Think about it. If David had messed with Saul, what do you think will have happened when Absalom was... Uh, Oh. oh yes that's why Absalom could not prevail because David had not planted that seed he could not reap that harvest of the sun rising against him he hadn't planted the, planted the seed of rebellion he could not reap it, look, on the outside, it looked like it was working for Absalom. Because the Bible says, all, now all Israel was, the numbers increasingly supporting who? Absalom. But there is a spiritual situation that could not be broken. It was a matter of time before Absalom dies. Because he was messing with a covered man. There are things Satan can't do to you when you're under covering. Yeah. And there are things Satan will do to you so easily when you're not under covering. Yeah. Okay. Story one. Are you enjoying these stories? Chapter 26. Story two, two chapters later. I think chapter 25 was the what? The death of Samuel or something? Or was it the Amalekite situation? So chapter 26 is a repeat performance of this thing. My soul. So David arose and came to the place where Saul had decamped. So again, Saul went out with 3,000 churchmen to look for him. So I'm starting at verse 5. And David saw the place where Saul lay, and Abner, the son of Nadab, the commander of his army. Now Saul lay within the camp with the people encamped all around him. Then David answered and said to Ahimelech the Hittite, and to Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, brother of Joab, saying, Who will go down with me to Saul in the camp? And Abishai said, I'll go with you. So David and Abishai came to the people by night, and there Saul lay sleeping within the camp with his spear stuck in the ground by his head, and Abner and the people lay all around him. Then Abishai said to David, "Ah, God has delivered your enemy into your hand this day. Now therefore let me strike him at once with a spear right to the earth. And I will not have to strike him a second time. Once is enough. Now Abishai knows the last time we told David to do this thing, he failed. 
So now this time I will not even suggest to him that he should do it. It's like, let me help you. Yeah, it, the blame will be mine. It will not be yours. Yeah, and it will be a smooth operation. Yeah, one strike and we are out. Please, let me. It's not on you, it's on me. Let, let me do the thing. You know, I'm a professional. I'm experienced. You know my pedigree. This is not hard work for me. Yeah, some of you, when you know, you should be defending your father. But you're like, after me, I'm not done doing it. It is those other people. It's those MC leaders. Yeah, I, I also don't know why those location pastors also allowed to do such a thing to the network leader. Yeah. You, you read the messages, you keep quiet. You know, you know the fake one. And you, you keep quiet. When Lucifer rebelled against God, did God fight? It is the other archangels who said, we, we are going to deal with this idiot. Yeah. It's like, you, you, it's like, Father, stay seated. You, you are that. Yeah. Let's wallop him. I hear no song Some Luganda, you need a lot of translation. So, Michael, Gabriel, and others, they took him down. You see, you can be complicit by just saying, by watching. So, David could have thought about it and said, oh, by the way, technically speaking, it's not big. He could have said, Okay, let me first get away. Yeah, and then you, you, you do that thing. The same thing. God knows your heart. But David said to Abishai, do not destroy him. For who can stretch out his hand against the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? David said, furthermore, as the Lord lives, the Lord shall strike him. or his day shall come to die. or he shall go out to battle and perish. The Lord forbid that I should stretch out my hand against the Lord's anointed. Even if it is you, Abishai, it is my hand. It's my hand because you are my... Wow. So David took the spear, the jab... And the jug of water by Saul's head and they got away. No man knew it or awoke for they were asleep because a deep sleep from the Lord had fallen on them. You see how it is? Even, say, even first we are not planning on such a thing but you could really clearly see the Lord was the one in it. Principle of expedience. Now David went over to the other side and stood on top of the hill afar off a great distance between them and David called out the people and Abner the son of Nas saying do you not answer Abner and Abner answered and said who are you calling out to the king so David said to Abner are you not a man and who is like you in Israel why then have you not guarded your lord the king for one of the people came in to destroy your lord the king 
this thing that you have done is not good and, and as the Lord lives, you deserve to die because you, you have not guarded your master, the Lord's anointed. And now see where the king's spear is and the jug of water that was by his head. Then Saul knew David's voice and said, Is that your voice, my son David? David said, It is my voice, my lord, O king. And he said, Why does my lord thus pursue his servant? For what have I done, or what evil is in my hand? Now therefore, please, let my lord the king hear the words of his servant. If the lord has stirred you up against him, let him accept an offering. But if it is the children of men, may they be cast before the lord, for they have driven me out this day from sharing in the inheritance of the Lord, saying, Go serve other gods. So now do not let my blood fall to the earth before the face of the Lord, for the king of Israel has come out to seek a flea as when hunts a partridge, as when one hunts a partridge in the mountains. Then Saul said, I have sinned. Return my son David, for I will harm you no more, because my life was precious in your eyes this day. Indeed, I have played the fool and erred exceedingly. And David answered and said, Here is the king's spear. Let one of the young men come over and get it. May the Lord repay every man for his righteousness and his faithfulness. For the Lord delivered you into my hand today, but I would not stretch out my hand against the Lord's anointed. And indeed, as your life was valued much this day in my eyes, so let my life be valued much in the eyes of the Lord. And let him deliver me out of all tribulation. And that's what exactly the Lord did. And so said to David, may you be blessed, my son David. You shall both do great things and also still prevail. Ooh. Hey! Have you ever heard of something called a test? If the thing looks like God is in it, but it counts as principle. It's a test. God is not giving you any advantages to destroy the Lord's anointed, to destroy your boss, to destroy your father. It's a test. These were two tests, and David had to pass them. Look, it's not the devil who made Saul fall asleep was the Lord. When it looks like God is giving you an advantage in a matter which contradicts his word, it's a test. It's a test. It's a test. And don't be here and think that you are too dope to be tested. Oh yeah. I can see some of you the way you're looking at me, you're like, test. God still tests people. Oh yes. There, there are things you will never qualify for without tests. Do you remember my story yesterday? Of the person who was setting me up with the Salasha story. That was a test. It's like, ah, you are in the middle of a difficult situation. You want to go. There is Higi Haga. Here, it's 
He's like, what? Ah, advantage. It's a test. Don't be foolish. It's a test. You are going to be tested. Let me tell you that. If you're going to do great things, eh? you're going, you know, the driving test for an airplane is different from one of a border border. Yeah, and some things you don't even need the test, like wheelbarrow. <laughs> Have you ever seen a wheelbarrow driving school? No? Yeah, that's why, yeah. But to a car, they are driving schools for cars and they are tests. Even here in Nakulabia, they are driving schools in Intinda. But flying schools, they are few and rare. There is one in Soroti, one in Kajansi, and those are the only ones I know in Uganda. And the tests for flying aircraft are far more advanced than for driving cars. Can I tell you something interesting even now that I'm hearing in the spirit? Even to have a great marriage, you'll be tested. Oh yes. Oh yes. Some of you think that the, the instant you have any sort of disagreement with your spouse it is a test. You have to pass certain tests to go to certain places. Actually, I'm really feeling prophetic now. So that marriage thing I told you Take it seriously. Yeah. One of these days, your marriage will be tested. But just know that when you pass the tests, your marriage will be strong for the rest of your life. Yes. Even strong marriages are tested. When you see people who, are, who have strong marriages, don't think that it has always been menvu and... and uh, <laughs> and custard. They have had tests. And they've overcome. It is in the overcoming of a test that then you have fruit for life. Oh, yes. It's a test. You know, when you're a business leader, eh? you face tests. Oh, yes. Do you know that sometimes the test is... Ah. And you know no one walks around saying, test, test. Is this a test? You don't do tests every day. If you're doing tests every day, I, I pity you. That, that course is not good. But sometimes there are things that come and you know, ah, this is a test. This looks, this is a, this is a test. And when you fail it, you do not get the benefits of passing. 
Do you know one of the tougher tests is how you deal with subordinates, people who work with you? Yeah. Like if you, uh, you lead the company, one, one time you will need to fire a person. It's a test. You know, like the worst ever day for any boss is firing a person. You ask those who have, who have businesses. Maybe you are only used to being employed. Telling a person that your work here is done. It feels like a part of you is dying in a process. And yet, people can't fire people. Their companies can never become something. Yeah. If you run your business like a charity club, charity club, company limited. Oh, yes. One time, I, I had a and a not so good relationship with your clothes. It wasn't hostile or anything, but it was just not there. We lived on the same apartment block. Yeah, like you go up this staircase to go to theirs. If you go, the next staircase goes to ours. We never visited each other for two years. The only time they came to our house was when Kirk David was born. And me going to theirs, it never happened. I think I went like once. It was that bad. Yeah. And they were not leaders in the ministry. I think they were on the worship team. That was it. Yeah. Cold war, which is freezing temperatures. Those days I used to take prayer walks, short ones, like 30 minutes you walk through one gate, come around, or go to Metroplex, come back. And as I was walking home, they were driving out in the morning, and I just had appoint them elders. Appoint them elders. They're like, El what in which church? Yeah. <laughs> People you don't, you're like, yeah? There may be people in your church, pastors, who are like, they be there, I be here. Sagala. Kumanya. Appoint them elders. So I had to write that email, inviting them to the eldership. And those days they were not as spiritual as they are now. At all, at all. <laughs> when I thought about it in retrospect, 
I realized it was a test. Which I could have very easily failed. Yeah. Because I had every natural reason not to. Yeah, they are now. Network leaders. So sometimes it's going to be that kind of test. Principle of experience. A. Some of you who are not yet married, you're going to be tempted to sleep with someone you're not married to. Or even if you're married, I think you should still sleep with someone you're not married to, right? It's a test. It is. Let me tell you, do not get used to failing tests. You will not get rewarded. Maybe you're going to be tempted to eat through season 21. It's a test. Because everyone likes to eat. Pass Get used to passing tests. You see, the more you pass spiritual tests, the, the, the more, the stronger you get. They become a little bit easier. Then you get into tougher tests and tougher ones and tougher ones. And one of these, you may get the test of separating yourself from certain people. It's like your destiny depends on you never talking to this person again. And you'll be like, what? Now, again, that can't be your spouse, of course. 2 <laughs> Samuel chapter 1, I'm finishing. Now it came to pass of the death of Saul when David had returned from the slaughter of the Amalekites and David had stayed two days in Ziklag. On the third day, we used to read, to read again, to read together. On the third day, behold, it happened that a man came from Saul's camp with his clothes torn and dust on his head. So it was when he came to David that he fell to the ground and prostrated himself. And David said to him, where have you come from? So he said to him, I have escaped from the camp of Israel. Then David said to him, how did the matter go? Please tell me. And he answered, the people have fled from the battle and many of the people are fallen and dead and Saul and Jonathan, his son, are dead also. So David said to the young man who told him, how do you know that Saul and Jonathan, his son, are dead? Then the young man who told him said, as I happened by chance to be on Mount Gilboa, 
there was Saul leaning on his spear, and indeed the chariots and horsemen followed hard after him. Now when he looked behind him, he saw me and called me, and I answered, Here I am. He said to me, Who are you? So I answered him, I'm an Amalekite. He said to me again, Please stand over me and kill me, for anguish has come upon me, but my life still remains in me. So I stood over him and killed him. Because I was sure that he could not live after he had fallen. And I took the crown that was on his head and the bracelet that was on his arm and have brought them here, my Lord. Therefore David took hold of his own clothes and tore them and so did all the men who were with him. And they mourned and wept and fasted until evening for Saul and for Jonathan his son, for the people of the Lord and for the house of Israel. Because they had fallen by the sword. They mourned. Eh, wow. And wept. And fa- this, this, I, I want you to imagine grown men, warriors, eh? swords people, f- physically fit, men of war. They feed on wild animals. And they are mourning, weeping, and fasting. Ah. Because the man who was trying to kill them has died. This, this one, in case you forgot, it is royalty and loyalty. You see, may the Lord deliver you from the spirit of a commoner. Who does not perceive certain things. Where you just think, you, you only see things on the surface. This one is, this one's enemy, they should kill each other. You're, you're, so, this guy has brought news that he thinks is going to make David happy. Now, I think he's confused. The guy who has been hunting for you, is dead now you're weeping and you're there is no celebration you see you see this is the opposite of a celebration they were not rejoicing shouting and eating and feasting Because the king of Israel had died and the armies of Israel had been defeated. Yeah, their response was a bit shocking and it would shock a lot of people. That's why there are a lot of people that you, you keep wondering, you mean this person is this person's friend? Anyway, look what happened next. Next verse. Then David said to the young man who told him, Where are you from? And he said, I am the son of an alien, an Amalekite. So David said to him, How was it you were not afraid to put forth your hand? 
to destroy the Lord's anointing. Never mind he was dying, his life was done. Like, Next. Then David called one of the young men and said, go near and execute him. And he struck him so that he died. So David said to him, your blood is on your own head. For your own mouth has testified against you saying, I have killed the Lord's anointed. What a shock. shock. The guy was expecting to be appointed. It's like you are the one who finally finished off our enemy. Come and, uh, you know, here is a position. Whoa, eh? You know, that's why many of us don't understand God's actions. Like, but God, how could you still be on that person's side? Loyalty and royalty. Today, today is a different one. Eh? Today, I'm showing you what loyalty looks like, and I think for me, this is the lot sort of worst case scenario loyalty. Of a person who is not by implication or what not actively trying to finish you off. Now you find that David, David's loyalty to Saul was because of David's loyalty to God. Yeah. He didn't love Saul. Of course he didn't love Saul. You can't love someone trying to kill you. But, if you've read in the loyalty book, Bishop Doug, loyalty always goes to the highest what? Authority. In this scenario, the highest authority is, was God. And it was God who had appointed Saul king. It was God who had anointed him. And because of his loyalty to God, he was determined to treat Saul a certain way, regardless of what happened. Your loyalty to God should teach you to treat certain people certain ways. In spite of my preaching about honor for two years now, some of you have still not honored your parents, especially your fathers, because of pain, the pain they caused you. I want you to correct that thing immediately. It is your loyalty to God that is at stake here. Because it is God who told you to honor your father and your mother. So if it is God who told you, then your things with your father and your mother, they don't come in the picture. You're doing it because of God. Do you understand? So get your feelings out of the picture. Get back to the principle. Oh yes. If you want to be honored, if you want people to be loyal to you, go and plant those seeds. Don't be a commoner. 
We are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. Yeah, don't behave like a commoner. It's commoners who just used to fighting, what, what, beating each other. Royalty, look, even, even when people are fighting in the field, When they, when they go for uh, uh, peace talks, these guys have been fighting. Hundreds of people are dying. They are there taking tea, sharing. Yeah, so how is it going? Yeah. You know, the guys down killing each other, but these other guys are taking tea in the hotel, negotiating on how to where, where to draw the lines? Don't die in what you don't know. Understand that you are not a commoner. You are royalty. You see, all these other commoners we are telling David, kill the man, kill the man. But he knew. I'm royalty. We don't treat royalty like that. Even when we're on the on opposite sides of the argument. And then this other commoner came thinking, I did it. I've brought the crown. He should have known. Amen. Do you receive the word? Are you royalty? Why don't we stand up and pray? Just pray in the spirit. Just open your, your mouth and pray. Just thank God that he has called you, that he has appointed you, that he has anointed you, and that now your eyes are open. You can recognize anointing. You behave differently. Come on, open your mouth, your mouth, open your mouth and pray. Thank you, Lord. Pray in the spirit, pray in the spirit. We bless you, Lord. Thank you. You're so kind. Lord, may your spirit come upon us. Give us the wisdom of royalty that will be loyal because we'll be loyal to you principally. We honor you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the tests we are going to pass. As they come, we pass them. As they come, we pass them. Thank you for the wisdom, the strength, the tenacity to pass every test and present to be presented before you complete and whole. We, we bless you. We honor you. Thank you, Lord. Come on, lift your voice and pray. Pray, 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 pray. pray. I need to hear everyone praying in this place. Some of you have never received the gift of tongues and, and prophecy. Receive it now. Receive it now. Receive it now. Yes. Receive tongues. Oh yes. Receive prophetic knowledge in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we bless you. We bless you. We bless you. 
We praise you, we praise you, we praise you, we praise you. Lift your voice and pray. Keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. We honor you today, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for today. Yes. We recognize this morning that our ultimate loyalty is to you and because you've spoken to us whoever you've asked us to be loyal to we are loyal to thank you Lord for our loyalty to your word our loyalty to the church our loyalty to our spouses to our families to our parents to our siblings all the people that you call us be connected to or you've caused us to be connected to for your purposes help us understand that it's not about our next one year one month or whatever that this is for generations that a church we destroy will not be around to serve our grandchildren but that a church we sacrifice and build we sacrifice for and build will serve generations after us help us to be loyal to you to you, O oh God, that our hearts will be turned to you. Help us not to sow foolish seeds that will result in pain in our lives, but help us to sow seeds of righteousness, seeds of good works, seeds of sacrificing for others, seeds of being builders, not climbers. you Lord we bless you we exalt you in Jesus name Amen Thank you for listening to this teaching we hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series for more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.